Hi, you're listening to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively brings insights from the Indian space activities ecosystem. I'm your host Narayan, the co-founder of India's first space-focused think tank, Spaceport Sarabhai. Guests on the New Space India podcast help you understand space activities related macro and micro trends within India in all aspects including space history, local industry, space science, technology evolution, law and policy, art and more. The New Space India podcast is supported by Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to enable sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium scale enterprises and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellites. Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. Today we have here with us uh, Gunjan who leads Tatya Earth. Gunjan, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time for speaking with me. My pleasure Narayan. Uh, I'm really glad to be here and speaking with you and uh, looking to learn from you from your experience also. Absolutely. I mean, you're very kind in saying that, but I'm here to learn from you. I looked at you know what you guys uh, did at uh, Tatya a few months ago I guess and uh, it was very interesting because I always try to look at what kind of innovation is happening in India and what kind of teams are building what kind of products and you instruct me with the kind of work that you were doing which was very very interesting and uh, I thought I should connect with you guys and I reached out because of that you know your perspective I know that you guys come from a non space background i have stepped into the satellite industry here now so would love to hear from you you know how you guys came together with respect to coming from different backgrounds in mechanical engineering and you know computer science and others and having done work in the it industry extensively and now stepping into the space industry and what's the story behind uh, tatya coming together as a team as you rightly pointed out none of us are from the traditional space industry part of us all three of us were working in the kind of consumer internet space our primary experience or work revolved around data science analytics software development and product management one of us is a consultant strategy consultant so he used to do a lot of business development work and digital transformation work for large scale enterprise clients now if you go back try to go back to the story of you know how tatya started then we'll have to go back to the last organization that i was working in so it was a financial research company online financial research company where we were dealing with a lot of economic data financial data etc and also to monetize uh, our primary model was to target our users online users with the right kind of products or right kind of ads or right kind of products so to do that basically we had to build a 360 degree view of of our users and one of the variables that we were trying to build in at that time you no know, say a proxy for per capita income or proxy for income level of the user so we tried to do that using ip address where that they were coming in from and we could map the ip address to a pin code and we thought from pin code generally from pin code it should be able to gauge some semblance of what's the prosperity level or income level of a user could be so when we stepped into that domain of understanding economic uh, status of a user based on location that is when we were i came across research papers where researchers at harvard were working on to derive poverty level in countries like africa or sub saharan areas where data is very poor to understand based on images can we 
know, determine poverty levels or income levels. That's when I got exposed to, wow, I mean, if you can determine such information by just looking at images, what other problems can we solve for? So that's when the entire research work around what kind of data is available. And I think it started around two years back. And that was a time I think the satellite industry was also moving towards low cost launches, a higher number of images being available. So we saw the entire industry, the entire ecosystem coming forward or coming together. And there was a possibility that every square kilometer was of the earth was getting imaged almost every day. And so I also have a, have a background in strategy consulting. I started my career at Extensive Strategy. I have experience of solving problems for clients. So that's when you thought, you know, Bob, what other problems can we solve for using this data sets or using these images? And at Money Control, we had another problem statement. You know, most of the economic data that we used to get used to come with a lot of lag. The data would be of poor quality. Some economists' data was not reliable. So we thought, you know, why not uh, can we track economic activities using those images? We started now economic activities. You know, it's a very big problem statement to solve for. Then let's start. So we said, let's start with one domain, one small domain. Let's start with, say, talk of economic activities in the physical space. Say we have three pillars of the economy, agriculture, energy sector, and the metals and mining sector. We believed metals and mining sector was poised to grow based on how the world was moving away from fossil fuels. Uh, there'll be more need for batteries. There'll be more need for solar panels. Uh, there'll be more need for metals too. So that we saw, we thought you know, metals and mining would be the growing sector. So we started our journey with the metals and mining sector. And now using satellite data, we can map the entire supply chain of uh, the metals and mining sector. We started with ferrous supply chains, steel, where we can tell you based on images, how much production is happening at any steel mill around the world, at any smelter around the world, for how much mining is happening or how much inventory of different goods are, or different minerals are kept at different locations around the world so this is how the genesis of the idea you know, came across and we are co four co-founders basically myself and nikit started this off both of us were colleagues at my previous organization then i had worked with naresh who is the cto of the company and uh, i have worked with him in my earlier organization for a very long time and uh, himangshu is the fourth co-founder he is a school friend and i've worked with him for many years across multiple projects collaborated on multiple projects so that's how the team got together and and now it's a journey being around more than two years now, actually. Thank you for that very interesting story of how you guys uh, came together. Which of course, I guess, uh, a learning curve when you start off into a new field coming from, you know, what you were doing with consumer data and so on to then looking at satellite imagery and so on. So when you started uh, discovering that you could start using satellite imagery for a lot of these uh, economic indicators and so on, was it very obvious that you have to use satellite data or, you know, you thought about using drone data or other such sources uh, to get insight into those regions that you were looking at? Or was it very obvious that satellites were the way to go? And if you had a, a sense of where you would get it, how you would get it, if you had to pay for it, and what was the discovery in that sense? Yeah, you're right. So none of us had experience working with satellite images. So we had not seen any satellite image. The only exposure to we had to satellite images was Google Maps <laughs> prior to working on this problem statement. So the initial stages were like the trade-off between, I think, drones and uh, satellite images was very clear to us or very straightforward. Drones do not give 
lend themselves to the type of coverage that we want, the frequent coverage and the extensive coverage that we want. So drones was not at all at the picture in the initial stages. So it was either using satellite images or other alternative data sources. So our entire thesis was in the beginning was predict economic activity using alternative data sources and satellite data was part of that alternative data sources. So we started off with alternative data source uh, with satellite images and we believe later on we'll keep adding on more data sets, say mobile signals, if any IoT data signals come into the picture. So all these data sets will keep adding because we had read those papers. I believe if we can say there was a lot of work that our papers written on using satellite images to understand agri sector, agri economy. So I thought some of the physics around this could also be implemented to the high heat emitting sectors. They should work on the same principles, basically. We tried a couple of use cases, examples, you know, how uh, are we getting good signals or not. And it's luckily at the first go itself, we got very good uh, results for steel mills. Yeah, that's how since we started getting acceptable results at the first go itself, then the, we had strong belief if we further enhance those algorithms, we should be able to get very good accuracy. So we started trying different areas, different plants or different mills at different geographies and all of them have gave us good results. So that's how it all started. And then the, it was clear the satellite images would be the way to go. Then the second problem was you know, what type of satellite data, from whom to buy, what data to rely on. So the economics was difficult to arrive at at the beginning. Now say for our first product, which is measuring production, we started our journey with Lancet 8. Now Lancet 8 is, has repeat coverage of 15 days. So we've tried out our initial products with Lancet 8, but obviously Lancet 8 would not suffice for a commercial grade product, which can be used by end customers and add to it problems of cloud cover, monsoon. So there'll be huge data gaps in between. Then we started combining uh, Lancet 8 and Modis. Started fusing Lancet and Modis. So we did some image processing around that. We could actually upgrade Modis. We could predict Lancet 8 type images from SOAP. We started getting data more frequently. Then even though a fusion is a good approach, but it depends a lot on what are the pairs of data sets that we have taken to predict the end output. So with Lancet 8 and Modis, there'll be huge gaps between the prediction date and the pairs that we take of images we thought okay lancet 8 is is there any other option then we will and thermal data at time was not you no know, commercially available with any in anyone lancet 8 was the only one i think which was giving good quality thermal data then we started exploring sentinel to shortwave infrared and we figured out a way of using sentinel to swirl bands to basically identify thermal information from any particular area and then we started switching to Sentinel-2 and Sentinel-3. And since Sentinel-2 has a cadence of five days, it worked well with our environment. There also we started exploring you know, some of the commercial images. Like Worldview-3 has a, a sewer band. That's, I think that's the only commercial sewer band, I think, which is available right now. But I think the cost was very high at that point of time. Even now the cost is very high. So which would not be feasible for us to really expand and scale without you no know, anchor client. So we stuck to Sentinel-2 and 3 and it worked for us. On the other products, we started off with Sentinel-2. Then we started exploring other commercial images also. So it's a mix of both you know, publicly available images and commercial images that we rely on right now. But in the meantime, while we are doing this, I think it's crazy. But I think our USB now became we could work on low and medium resolution image and do not need to entirely depend on commercial images. 
and which allows us to provide our insights at really at much lower cost than what is available in the industry right interesting again you know very insightful as to how a team can uh, build up coming from a completely non space sector to building your product in the space sector with relevance from what you said uh, there are a couple of things that i would love to hear from you as a kind of a prescription as to how this product evolved now when you look at satellite data and you are deriving economic indicators you want to make sure that it's not like junk in junk out kind of a scenario with respect to data and that people can actually rely on these insights that you are generating and that they are accurate right so one of the things that you actually mentioned is that they were accurate when you looked at uh, the insights from there so how do you actually look at uh, accuracy from a picture of knowing that whatever indicators that you are generating is what is reflecting in the ground or on the ground so it's the whole idea of ground truthing uh, that you know whatever is uh, being learned from in- insights from these machine learning algorithms or computer vision technologies and so on that they are in fact people can go out in agricultural farms for example that they can look at uh, a farm and then they can look at uh, doing a small crop cutting experiment or something like that to know what is the yield of a particular farm and uh, you know the quality of the images or but in your case it's uh, it's something very different in here in our case obviously say for the thermal product where we measure thermal signals to no measuring platform at the onset instead of the entire platform we first try to build a filter around what type of images can can be consumed by the model so uh, we put filters around cloud percentages what percentage of the pixels are covered by cloud and there also uh, it's a big scene say 100 kilometers 100 square kilometers scene we all, we don't look at the entire 100 square kilometer stretch stretch we just look at our aoi areas and see what are the areas what are the pixels or what percentage of my aoi is covered by cloud so that, that those are the basic filters that we put in when using our data now as we had monitored say hundreds of assets already and for those assets we have also from the ground created a lot of ground truth information from our partners so the we know the actual productions both reported and actually so uh, their numbers which are reported uh, by the agencies by the companies and uh, the actual numbers could have some deviance from them which uh, some of our partners know about we uh, we relied on them at the initial stages to fine tune our algorithms or to build our algorithms and now that we know for unit for each asset we know at what range those numbers would lie all right so when we produce a new data series it goes through rigorous checks okay, what percentage of deviation that we see in that new data series from the previous say 4 5 months or last years at this point of time so all those checks that we put in while taking out any new data series and giving out to our clients on the inventory side or uh, where you no know, where under we do object detection it's is pretty clear because we can also look at the manually on top of the checks that i already mentioned we also look at the images manually to see you no know, whether the predicted masks whether the predicted results are in line what we can visually see also if we see a larger variation in our given output it's a mix of you no know, some proprietary data sets that we have been able to gather and some manual interventions in terms of looking at the end output looking at the images that we you know ensure that whatever data it goes out to our clients is top quality is, is high on accuracy from a perspective of an end user that is looking at all of these things can you give a perspective on what were they doing before for example 
with respect to their business processes and how much value you are creating for them you know in their own markets and the kind of efficiencies that they are deriving based on the services that you guys are providing true most of the companies right they rely on reports data generated by the traditional market research companies it could be your regional players like myself which are very big companies actually in china who provide a lot of market data it could be companies like bloomberg etc who are S&P, IHS, who provides reports and uh, companies rely on those information. Most of the end users are already exposed to a lot of data sets which are coming in and using which they they have a set processes which run. Now our job is to provide our, our first task as a new player in the market was to say our data is accurate and we give our, our data much at a much higher frequency. Most of the data sets that come out either come out say 15-20 days after the month is over or after the quarter is over, while we provide data sets either weekly or daily. So it's a uh, leading indicator of what is going to happen. Second, we provide data irrespective of location. Now, other market research companies, some, somebody is strong in a particular geography and so it's all fragmented. But we provide information irrespective of which location you are interested in. So and there are interesting use cases. So for example, in Southeast Asia, countries like Vietnam, which is growing very fast in terms of industrial activities. Now, a lot of information do not come out from that region. And that region actually is starting to move the market, uh, commodity market. So our data is being relied upon to provide insights on that region because no one else is reporting that those numbers then third we look at our data as more objective and scientifically derived than other players who rely on ground sources or connects you might say to provide those information and the basic way in which you derive data from ground sources also lends itself to various errors so these are the three usps that we provide to our clients now there has been some early adopters obviously there's there is pushback no uh, there is a momentum they have to make changes in their and internal processes to you know adopt a new kind of information a faster kind of information which will require change so we have been working with some of the early adopters who have been using our data for various use cases from understanding say how much coal to sell in the asian region how what, what would be the need for coal in different areas of the asian region they can monitor or change uh, their supply accordingly and also uh, derive uh, some pricing information what, what could be the basically pricing points at which they could sell then there's a particular client who has been using our data sets in for the southeast asian region to basically uh, write through a lot of analysis on top of that uh, and they have been selling those analysis to the larger industry which is the physical traders miners etc at at a cost so uh, they have been able to earn a lot of uh, no, uh, revenue now it's difficult for us at this stage to assign a particular dollar value because it's still a little early as we go along, I think this year we should be able to know what would be the ROI for our data sets. And we'll, we are working very closely with some of the very large companies in the sector. And when we work closely with them, I think we'll be able to learn a lot from them also how they have been using it. And some of some of them do not tell us how they are using it, the data. So uh, we have to create those relationships to understand at what exactly at what you know, touch points our data sets solve which problems for them more precisely actually this year. 
and from the sources that you mentioned earlier you know you mentioned uh, modis and landsat and maybe even sentinel and others right did you ever try using indian satellite imagery or was it just too painful to get anything from india no we did try now we no actually uh, we had we have a fairly good relationship with isro now we had multiple discussions with uh, nrc on our algorithms also with the scientists at nrc on the data we wanted to use and see if we could integrate data from isro also in our workflow i would say right now i think the process is not as straightforward or easy as as working with say some of the other commercial satellite providers for example we just wanted to check for two months what's the frequency of data that we would get so i would say we received data for one week then we didn't receive data for three weeks then again we received data on the fourth week probably and those kind of issues are there but i think it's they are probably making uh, efforts to you know overcome those situations but right now yeah so i think there's a lot of catch up to do with regard to you know if compared to other commercial providers or in isa i think isa does a fabulous job of providing uh, data sets and hand holding startups or hand holding companies in multiple different use cases so i think uh, yeah so that's the way to go but uh, i think that's a step in the right direction yeah absolutely and uh, from a perspective of um, you know customers and adoption of uh, these kinds of economic indicators is this something that you see starting out in india at the enterprise level or are we still at a very very early stage where people are not really valuing this kind of thing or is it only segmented to agriculture or places like that or also in other industries like the industries that you guys are working in metals and others is it just too early or is it that you have to educate the market a lot in this it's not just not india actually the entire industry we had to educate and for them they don't care whether the data is coming from satellites or from other sources as long as we give them accurate at a faster interval so that's that is at the back end whatever is there i, I don't think that is important uh, for them this they know the capability and they know what use cases that data can if for them is just a piece of data and now uh, say in the metals and mining sector particularly in the ferrous industry that we started off the market is now uh, the commodities market generally is you no know, is driven by china because they are the largest producer consumer of most of the commodities so naturally it was natural for us to start off in the you know singapore region where which is the trading hub so as we got more feedback more clients in that region now late last year we started talking to some of the indian companies in the metals and mining industry so there is a lot of interest intrigue i would say to see what they could do with this data there are meetings lined up this year uh, this uh, couple of uh, january and february with some of the largest uh, you know uh, companies in india in the metals and mining sector and let's see if we can partner with some of them i do not be, uh, see it it could be a problem of say india versus the rest of the world if it pro- solves a problem indian companies would adopt it earlier it's just that the market is larger outside but indian companies would definitely if it solves a problem for them they'll definitely adopt it right and one of the things that i often think about is um, how do we encourage other founders to follow the same journey that you have where they discover something or we can support uh, you know in some initiative having a kind of a geospatial acceleration model or an incubation model in the country there are many of these kinds of models available in europe and us and many other places around the world 
do you have based on your experience so far any insights into what can be done with respect to a geospatial incubator or accelerator specifically in india yes yeah yeah great point actually so we always thought ke isa take the example of isa they have done a great job i think to working with companies so we always and we some of our contemporaries in the european region because they is so easy for them to get grants to work on to work on specific problem statements or on specific areas using geospatial data and isa is always supporting them isa who works with them to you know develop new methodologies so if you say comp- there are some companies like keros who have been strong partners with uh, isa and is spread across uh, no there's uh, two three companies in uk a couple in france who are partners with isa and they work on multiple business cases not on us on the remote sensing side i think a similar approach is very essential in india either is does that or we have another think tank or research body which works with entrepreneurs startups to figure out different areas how this data can be applied to and i think and the financial support that could be provided at the initial stage because this areas are not you no know, the market where say mainstream venture capitalists come in very early they like to see traction or because first of all take for our case right uh, there are not enough space accelerators or space based venture capitals in india there are few of them then also look at the uh, sector that we have taken up metals and mining so it's a combination of two which is very difficult to get in india people who will have a thesis around investing in this to, uh, in an industry combining space data with metals and mining sector so at the initial stages i think a lot of grant work providing small grants uh, like 15 20 lakhs 30 40 lakhs which will encourage people to work with on multiple use cases and also i think there is only a possible Uh, now say financial support second if the data is available right uh, now would you expect uh, people to again indian uh, isro to give grants to organizations or startups which work with which work with say data on esa or nasa right that that isn't very prudent so you will possibly believe people who explore isro's data sets to come up with solutions so there i think a lot of industry support is required around providing access to data and providing some grants at the initial stages right and from your perspective um, is there any like room for a lot of the mature enterprises in india to look at uh, you know in house geospatial innovation in some way or the other because uh, one of the things that i have seen with many of the larger enterprises around the world today is they have these geospatial labs that they have now started to build in house it's been a trend for the last like, 15 years maybe you know at the end i've not not really seen many of this uh, occur in enterprises within india for example large scale enterprises yeah definitely this i think in the earlier answers i should have added this i think a collaboration between isro and large enterprises and startups is required and another problem statement that at starting on this journey is finding the right anchor clients the the first set of clients who will tell them can exactly yeah really solves a problem for me so in india of course there are very large companies with assets wherever there is where there are companies with large physical assets i think geospatial data can play a very big role and these companies can definitely add a lot of value in terms of you no know, sharing use cases and being the initial clients for startups or people working on this geospatial data sets and how mature you think the whole geospatial industry is today with respect to 
you know, the kind of work that you are doing where people don't really care if it is from satellite imagery, as you said, but they really care about the value, right? But, you know, at the end, there's a lot of fascination about the technology itself. And obviously, you know, people don't care how the technology is built. They look at the value that that particular technology is uh, developing. So are we at the very beginning of this geospatial revolution where people will discover this more and more? Or you think we're in the middle of this revolution today? Uh, and, you know, what is the scope of this industry? As in, would you think that every Fortune 500 company would be using geospatial data in some way or the other? Or? Yeah, definitely. I believe we are just at the beginning because a lot of, I think, physical infra is still getting built. A lot of satellites are still going there. Now, let's take an example of, say, two, three years back. Say, at that point of time, when a lot of companies started, probably it was not even possible to give a lot of insights that we can do. Data was not available. There was continuity of data is a big problem. Those, unless and otherwise, those issues are taken care of around quality, quantity, you know, continuity of data. It will be very difficult for businesses to adopt those insights. There are very few businesses which will uh, adopt those insights. Now, as we mature towards an ecosystem where the problem of data is being taken care of, as we see more launches, more satellites going there, and the type of data being taken care of. So it's not just, we need we don't need only optical images or more optical data. We need a mix of optical, thermal, radar, SAR data sets, hyperspectral, different kinds of data sets which go together into an engine to solve a problem. Now, it's an insight, it's, I think from my experience, it's just not possible to work with one type of data sets to solve a customer pain point. We have to mix in different kinds of data sets from multiple providers to solve any particular uh, pain point to maintain that quality and continuity of information that we give up. So when that happens, I strongly believe every big company would have uh, would, would be able to derive very useful information based on space data. When it really becomes feasible to look at every point of the earth every day at you no know, at a cost which is which makes sense uh, for a business to invest, that probably would be a tipping point when I think every big company or every company should be able to make their businesses more efficient using geospatial information. If we think of our platform that we are building is towards making that possible because uh, no, let's say how we are building our platform is any user can select any right now it's restricted to the metal and mining sector. No, you, you just upload the location of any asset and you should be able to get every important information regarding that asset. If you upload a location of a steel mill, you should be able to get production, inventory, emissions data for a steel mill very instantaneously. So that should be the, that we believe should be the future uh, as you move on. Right. And one of the other, again, very interesting pointers that I would love to have you talk about is, uh, you know, when I look at the human resource space in India, we have an extremely large pool of very talented engineers who are building all sorts of things uh, when it respect to information technology, right? But there's very few of them who have discovered uh, that they can apply some of those principles and jump into the whole uh, satellite industry like you have, for example, right? So from uh, that perspective, do you think that this industry is still at the edge and people are not really discovering this? The whole, uh, you know, one of the things that I always wonder is why aren't more and more people who are in Infosys or TCS or, you know, Wipro or wherever 
uh, you know, who have 15, 20 years of experience and understand everything from cloud architectures to enterprise software and everything else and know how that particular industry works in other sectors are not jumping into this sector saying that I know something that I can build on top of this and, you know, provide some enterprise value to all of these guys. I haven't really seen that happen yet in India to a large extent. So why do you think this uh, exists? And, you know, do you see, of course, an opportunity in all of that? Of course, there's an opportunity. I think the primary reason is awareness. I didn't know about it until I bumped into a problem statement which required me to look at satellite images. So I think it's just awareness for now, even now, uh, when I talk to people, when I talk to my friends or when I say satellite images, they think it's, oh, it's, it's, it's it must be very, very difficult to do. How do you get satellite images? How, well, the fascination, the fascinated satellite images. For us, it's just an image that comes in. That's the barrier to entry because people think it's still uh, set in India, people think still think satellite space is something only the governments can do. And now, if people are not aware of the data, they they won't be able to imagine the business cases that can be solved using this new type of information that is very widely available right now. Now, another reason could be in India, some people in the IT sector, right? What are the kind of problems that they are exposed to? For example, metals and mining industry. I don't think 80% of the people in the IT sector would be exposed to the metals and mining industry or to the crude industry or to the agri-industry. Agri definitely because I think India is a predominantly agri-economy and in their background, parents, grandparents, somebody would be in the agri-sector. So they understand the agri-sector. But people do not understand the crude sector, the metals and mining sector or the shipping economy. No, I did not. I was not exposed to this economy. And when I think now, say the marine industry, which is a trillion dollar industry, move goods, our economies cannot exist without them. And in... In our education or our upbringing, we were never exposed to those industries. And I think those industries are still now predominantly European, I would say. So yeah, so it's all these reasons combined. I would say we have still not been able to have more companies work on more use cases regarding using geospatial data. And what are the challenges like for you guys now? Is it, uh, you know, hiring? Is it, uh, you know, something else? At the moment, I always wonder if... Uh, Hiring is a big problem in India because, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things that I see is a large pool of people who want to get into the industry but may may not have the relevant skills, for example. Yeah, yeah. Hiring for us, fortunately, it had not been a big problem because we have tapped into some of the specialized institutes like IIT Bombay for hiring specifically for remote sensing rules. And it has worked out pretty well for us. Now, it's not difficult for to for any say software developer or a data science set of scientists to move into a remote sensing role because the uh, basic principles remain the same say uh, a camera image versus a satellite images there are certain differences but at the same time it's all physics that they are exposed to so i don't think uh, that should be a problem so uh, i think for us it has the biggest problem has been reaching out to new clients because we are based in india and most of our clients are abroad. It's easier for ex with ex existing clients, it's easier to maintain the relationships and more services. But I think what's been tougher is to convert new clients when we are all remote. Uh, and in an industry like this, where everything is new for the end client customer also. So I think that, that, that has been a big disadvantage because none of us have been able to travel to meet clients. Either they are in the lockdown or we are uh, in lockdown. No, it's just not uh, worked out where we could 
say go to singapore stay there for two months you know meet everyone understand the problem statements at once and come back and deliver that so that's not been able to we have not been able to do that yet uh, hopefully in the near future this year we should be traveling a lot more to meet our new customers so that uh, is problem statement number one i think the second has been i would not say a big problem but the i think the the ecosystem around venture funding is also getting built in india so we have been able to raise some funds earlier not many venture capitals will have a thesis around our industry yeah so we have a limited pool to work with when we come to uh, space applications because now space applications will combine both space data plus the industry where we are solving those problems so it gets even more uh, remote uh, or the pie gets even more smaller uh, in that case yeah i mean again super interesting all the insights that you are sharing from you know from your experiences so far and i guess you know you guys based in mumbai has some advantage to where you are because uh, a lot of the economic indicators and the financial industry around indicators are all around you guys may be exploited in one way or the other have you got a sense of how deeply are financial markets in india using any of these kinds of satellite based indicators or space based indicators or is it that uh, i know that for example you know uh, ubs and many other bankers and and so on so they use a lot of this kind of indicators to make a lot of decisions i'm not really seen that a lot in india yet I know that Kava Space and maybe a couple of others are working on this front. For example, is it just too early, or are the trades too small for people to pay for this kind of information? It's uh, it's both. I would say now India is primarily an equity market. I believe where people invest in equities. While when we speak, when our data sets can be primarily used for either macro investing, you no, know, because metals mining. If you combine everything together, you'll get a good picture of the macro economy. or into commodity trading the financial industry for commodity trading is not evolved in india for financial in the financial market for commodity sector it's either london or north america or singapore so those are the primary markets for uh, commodity trading so the market itself around finance in the financial industry for trading on commodities is limited in india now i think around agri sector also as you mentioned the companies doing it i don't think in india the financial sector for agri commodity trading is very deep compared to north america it's just not the space data it's the markets themselves which are limited in india which limits the usage of sophisticated technologies because if you use this data you also have to generate that alpha or that roi uh, from this information which i don't which at this stage is probably not sustainable in the markets that indian financial industry works in but if however if somebody say gives information around say the automobile market auto sectors i don't i think those kind of informations can be adopted in india say how much cars are being are being manufactured each month at different manufacturing units i think those are the information that can be used by the indian financial industry yeah yeah so those other reasons i think the adoption in india has been in the financial industry and one of the emerging topics around the world is this esg the environmental you know social and governance uh, perspectives for a lot of the sustainability of resources and climate change and others and from your experiences so far in developing products for this metals and mining industry how deep has this concept of esg gotten into the enterprises in the metals and mining space and are there anything beyond the economic indicators that they are trying to evolve to you know fit that into this climate change or esg framework yeah definitely i think the metals and mining industry so i'll give example of some of the resource 
companies mining companies so they very thoroughly track their entire supply chain it's just not scope one emissions they they monitor scope two scope three also so if somebody is mining iron ore they'll also monitor which ships are you know uh, carrying those goods or commodities and what's the efficiency level of the say steel mills which are using those uh, raw materials the entire metal mining industry is i would say is very uh, aware uh, of the esg space and efforts are being uh, made to improve the ESG scores and I think here satellite data would play a very key role for them. So there are conversations happening around can satellite data help them track asset level emissions. So right now we understand Tropomi, OCO or GoSet, we can provide emissions but at a very large area scale. But uh, the, prob- the, uh, the underlying problem statement is can small areas or small assets can also be tracked now. So uh, we are working on certain interesting products on that. Uh, in fact, we have observed uh, using thermal imagery, we have been able to you know, correlate or closely match the, the declared carbon dioxide equivalent numbers from many steel mills in, in, in certain geographies. Uh, yeah, so I think the environmental sector would be a big market for for remote sensing companies, for satellite companies and remote sensing companies. I think a lot will evolve as policy makers, you know, financial institutes, everyone get around to exactly what needs to be tracked, exactly what needs to be done. Now, right now, there's a lot of discussions going on everywhere. We uh, hear a lot of chatter, but I think something concrete has to come out. What exactly are the metrics that need to be? The ESG metrics themselves are not, I think, standardized yet, or there's no strict regulations around how they are reported. Everyone uh, does it, but uh, yeah, there's no standardized way of doing it. I think that around the environmental side, at least satellite data can, I think, play a very big, a big very big role in understanding both environmental impacts uh, of companies or assets, as well as understanding how much at risk are those industries, units, assets are to climate changes. So we are looking at both these angles very closely right now, actually. And, and I would love for you to confirm something that I have as a, as a theory in my mind, which is that I feel like uh, India is going to be a great pay- place for this kind of geospatial companies to come out in the next uh, you know few years, especially because of the talent pool and you know all the IT infrastructure that we have and uh, a lot of the access that we have, alongside the you know cost of uh, infrastructure decreasing and and the talent pool, of course, is much less expensive than compared to US and other places. So. I also feel like the cultural understanding of problems may be much easier for people in India to do and solve it at certain price points that many other people may not be able to replicate in places like US or or Europe, for example, right? So I feel like, you know, a lot of the solutions that will probably get built in India will be able to easily scale outside in places like Africa or Southeast Asia or otherwise as well. And, And so on. So what are your thoughts around all of this? I agree with your thoughts actually on this. Uh, so uh, building from India gives us a huge you know, advantage in terms of cost, definitely. And now if you can build from India at a price point, which is not just competitive with, but much lower to other European nations. So wh- who are we competing here? It is it's either European or North American companies. And I think the economies there are very different. The price points are much, much higher for the same product we can sell at, say, 
fifth of the cost just because our economies work uh, well from here so it's much much easier for us to scale then whatever we built for india as you rightly pointed out we can scale to southeast asian south asian nations to you know african nations who probably have the same kind of problem statements to what you know we have when we first started out with the problem statement of understanding you know say per capita income in india so in us you don't need that service because you already have ixis and all where they track pin code level asset level it's it is comparable to our asian economy southeast asian economy south asian economy african economy where we still rely on manual surveys done every year every five years or every 10 years where you no know, crores and crores of money is spent to do this service which i think can be done much more efficiently much more at as much higher frequency using satellite images or using other alternative data sources and it will fit with all the other economies that you just mentioned i think uh, yeah it can work very well building from india right so thank you so much again for taking the time away it's been really fascinating to hear all the things that you're sharing maybe one last final question before i let you go where do you see yourself and the team at tatya in the next let's say 5 to 10 years time so let's let me speak for 5 years only because 10 years is too long a time horizon i think to predict so in 5 years we should be able to map all key assets across the world in the metals and mining industry and will probably be in another ancillary industry other than after having solved for the metals and mining industry and we should have products around climate risk and on sustainability these are three products that i am bullish on uh, for the next 5 years and our regarding the team i think india would always be the development center but i think it is essential uh, for us to have a european presence and a north american presence also along with the presence in singapore yes so multiple countries metals and mining industry solve for checking of supply chains and our product on sustainability and climate risk so yeah that's what we tend to intend to solve in the next 5 years Right thank you very much Gunjan I think this has uh, been very educative for me and then I'm sure that the audience will also love uh, hearing this particular conversation as well so thank you again for taking so much time and uh, good luck to the entire team at Tatya and I'm always going to be a keen observer and learning from your developments and products thank you so much Narayan and thank you for giving the opportunity to share my thoughts and yeah I, I keep in touch and and we'll share we'll discuss i think how things uh, are shaping up at our end frequently thank you for listening in to this episode of the new space india podcast if you enjoyed this conversation please share this episode with anyone you believe will enjoy listening to it you'll be able to find the new space india podcast in any of the podcasting platforms that you may be using including apple google spotify youtube and others Do subscribe to the podcast in case you want to receive new episodes automatically. I'm grateful if you're able to leave a rating for the podcast which will help others discover it. Thank you for listening in again and the next episode will be out in the next 2 weeks as usual.